being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560, The Source. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Somebody else texted me a moment ago. A friend of mine said the uh, military uh, Humvees, the actual military versions, which, by the way, uh, should be becoming more available at auctions because if I'm not mistaken, some of you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the military is doing a big upgrade along those lines, and the Humvees will start to go to auction, and you know, will you be able to pick some of those up relatively Reasonable, I I would think so. Again, the question of the day is: We talked about bug out vehicles or the vehicle that you would want to be in, in case of you know some sort of an Armageddon scenario. Uh, let me know what that vehicle is and share that with everybody else listening as well. Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. Don't forget, we'll answer any other car questions you've got as well. That's what we're here for every single Saturday. Lines are open. Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. Spartacus, what's going on? Good morning again. I really appreciate you bringing some light. On the EMP events, I think 98% of the population doesn't know what it is. They don't even know what they don't even know what it means. <laughs> no, there are there's some information that is important, and there's some that's vital. Right. And your previous caller alluded to some of this, but if you have a five megaton explosion around 100,000 feet with a line of sight radius of about a thousand miles, everything goes down. All power, right. cars, ATMs, pumps, grocery stores. But the way all other power systems are interconnected. It all goes down, and the best estimates are within 10 to 12 months, 90% of Americans would be dead. Yeah, and, and I think, Steve, I think that's being very, um, I think that's being very generous. I don't think some would make yeah. it three months. I agree, but the only protection, and I'm, I don't know why there's been a lot of sharp heads. I know some guys with uh, DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Program. Right. These guys are so sharp. They know the numbers. They know the impact. They've been beating this drum now for 20 years I know. to try to get the power companies to have, like, uh, Faraday boxes on their critical components. And they aren't doing it. Likewise. We, no. Man, same thing goes for vehicles. The only thing that you're going to need in one of these things, advanced EMP events, is a car that doesn't have chips that get destroyed or protected by a Faraday box and get to your plane and get the heck out of here because it's going to be chaos. So. Yeah, and, and I don't know on the on the vehicle side of it, and we've had this discussion before even with – I've had some experts on even during the, the weekly show that we've talked about it. I, I don't think that there's a total, you know, uh, agreement on what vehicles would actually survive an EMP. Some are saying modern vehicles will. Others say they won't. I do think that in some of the, the uh, ECMs that are – you know, really shielded by a really, you know, you can see some of these things that are mounted even in the engine compartment that are meant to withstand all the heat and debris and everything that's inside an engine compartment. Some of those might actually survive. The problem now, though, is we've got all these modern vehicles with CAN bus systems with, you know, 10, 12 computers. Well, all those other modules and things are, are not going to function with an EMP, period. No, unless all the chips and processors right. are protected by a by lead-based Faraday box, you're out. 
Right. I, 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 my own opinion, and I could be completely wrong on this, and I, I honestly hope I am. But my my honest opinion is, I don't think I don't think hardly any modern vehicles make it. I would agree. Last item on the BG subject. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but the BG rep for Colorado Springs has been MIA for like six weeks. So, yeah, maybe it's more effective to apply to Wichita to get just one. Well, I can find out. No, I, I've got, no, I have connections on that. I'll send an email once I'm off air today and get that fixed. Okay. Not a problem. Okay. All right. I, I will do that. The show, appreciate the phone call. Thank you so much. And like I'll get that right. handled. Thank you very much. 303-477-5600 is our number. 303-477-5600. Bill in Lakewood, you're next. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Hey, um, uh, let, let me tell you, give you a little tip here. You know, on the painting, yet you hate painting? Yes, I do. Tell you how you take care of that. Hire it? <laughs> well, no. I tell my wife, as much as she wants to paint, I'll buy the paint. And let her do it? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't paint. I'll, I'll slop on the big areas with a, with a broomstick and a roller. But that's about it. Hey, but anyway, um, before I forget, uh, do you guys do you do you have any quick lube places? No, we do not. Nobody has a quick lube. No. Okay. So, have you seen the new Trailblazer yet? Uh, I've not seen it up close. No, I've I've read about it and kind of looked at pictures and things that way, Bill. But I've not seen it up close. Well, Carl's got him. He's supposed to bring me what by one to look oh, nice. at on Monday. But I'm, nice. I'm, I think, I, I'm thinking I'm sticking with the Colorado because I'm just a pickup guy. Every time I buy any kind of vehicle that's a car, I end up training. I take a loss on it all the time. So you, you're going to stick with the pickup, not go to the Trailblazer? I think so. I wish they came out with the turbo this year. In the Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. How's that turbo on the on the Silverado? I don't know. I haven't driven one of those yet. That's a great question. I, I've not been behind the wheel of one of those yet, so I, I honestly I can't answer that one. I mean, it's just a little tiny thing. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I can't. It's it's like I just can't decide. I mean, and and I'm not putting enough miles on. I I really I shouldn't even get another car because I I have a second truck that just sits in the driveway that's just got a, it's an older truck but I've owned it since new it, it runs like a brand new truck I don't know I just don't know what to do <laughs> Well, it's not an easy decision I can tell you that much you know I mean I could just buy a truck because everything the prices they're really marking them down right now so well right now they're cheap I mean, if you're going to buy a car or a truck right now is the time to do it that's for sure no doubt about that now what about GM compared to a a, a Chevrolet uh, GMC to Chevrolet, you mean? Same, coming off the same line. It's a matter of which trim level right, you like, right. how you like the way the truck looks, and so on. They're exactly the same. It's just a little fancier inside, right? Not even, not even that depends. If you go full board Denali or something along those lines, might be a little fancier that way. Uh, but as far as mechanically, body, all of that, same truck, exactly. Almost the, the same line. Yeah, right? they're same line. Yeah, there's no difference. Okay. Well, have fun. You Thanks bet, Bill. Thanks for calling. I do appreciate it very much. Hank in Aurora is next. Hank, welcome. Hello, John. The question is on wheels. i got to put a set of wheels on my car. I have two of them, and they're both 18-inch wheels, low-profile tires, and my back hurts driving down the road, mm-hmm. every bump I see. Sure. And I wanted something, maybe a 16-inch wheel with a higher-profile tire. So to replace wheels... 
do I go into a hub-centered wheel or a lug-centered wheel? What are you driving? Uh, well, they're both uh, Kias. Doesn't matter. Oh, it does not matter. No, the, the only time I really get particular on hub-centric versus lug-centric wheels is guys that are hauling big loads, you know, three-quarter ton, one-ton trucks. It becomes a big issue there because of the weight they're carrying and so on. On a lightweight vehicle like what you're talking, it really, it, it's really going to come down to more of what do you choose in style, what do you like, is it going to fit over that? You know, the only downside you're going to have in some cases, and you have to just check this on the, the Kia, is is some of the vehicles are now to the point where they've got you know, caliper and brake hardware and so on to where some of the smaller wheels will not fit over all of that. And that's the one thing you'll have to check. Yeah, I did find that out. And I didn't buy these Kias. I inherited them. So okay. I'm stuck with what I have, although I like driving the... the I know what you're talking about, too. The, 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 you know, that low-profile tire just makes the ride very stiff. God, it's horrible. It is. Hey, I'm, bu- I'm bugging out. I'm not bugging. I've decided I'm staying... And I want to watch all these townies implode, and I'm going to be the guy taking their stuff. And I'll see how long I can survive taking their stuff. So it's going to be easier for me. I can't think of any vehicle to do it. The only time I ever saw anybody self-contained was when I was a kid growing up in the farm country. Uh, My grandparents... I mean, it was all self-contained. A right. well pump in the in the uh, kitchen with a hand pump, right. wood stove, outhouse in the back. Matter of fact, I didn't have indoor plumbing as a kid until I was 12 years old. Wow. So, I mean, I've got a year's worth of food here, so the only way I have to do is survive by taking it from somebody else. Yeah, yeah well, and or making sure nobody takes what you have. I think that's the other thing that, oh, you know, folks yeah. have to remember, too, in those situations is, and again, we're talking, you know, very, very worst-case scenario, but, but Hank, we, we saw a lot happen even with, you know, COVID this past year. I think we'd be very naive to not think through some of these things and understand what potentially could come if there was any kind of huge, you know, either uprising, EMPs, anything along those lines. I, I think we're very naive to not think through some of that as individuals. Well, I saw that when we had this COVID, and people were panicking, and right. I'm thinking, my God, don't you have anything at home? Most don't. And my wife was, yeah, my wife was here, and I said, don't worry, honey, we're good for six months. And Yeah, and I'm, and I'm like are. you, Hank. I mean, whether it's the freezer in the you know, in the house itself or, or, you know, the dry goods I have or whatever. I mean, you know, and then, of course, you know, you, you ration and figure out how to make things happen. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm not one of those that has to run to the store every week to make sure you, I mean, I typically run to the store to get the things you want because you want something different to eat, but I don't have to go there to survive. That's right. So I'm going to hang out. I'm, I'm old enough. I don't have to try to survive another thousand years i'm i'm, I'm old enough i'm going to hang around and i just want to see the chaos i want to watch it go down and i'll see how long i can survive by taking other people's stuff because they're going to come and try and take mine they are that that, that yep, i can I assa- that i can assure you of yes they will yep i have yep. no other place to go i mean i can't go to the farm anymore so i i've decided i'm staying okay all right all right. Good Thanks, one. John. Good one. Hank, Bye. thanks for the phone call. We've got lines open, 303-477-5600. What would your favorite vehicle be to bug out in? Or as we just talked with Hank a moment ago, if you know, if, if everything just you know hit the fan, uh, what do you do? What do you drive? You know, What do you have? What do you own now? What would you like to own? 
Uh, let us know what that is, 303-477-5600. You can also send us a text message, 307 282 Also, any vehicle issues you've got going on, we're here to take care of that as well. We've got snow coming in tonight. Uh, so you know what? A lot of you need to make sure that you're all handled as far as uh, uh, tires, et cetera. Most of my listeners, I don't think that's a big issue. Uh, but you know, it never fails. You get out in this and you find those uh, individuals that didn't think through that process on the front side. So anyways, give us a call. We'd love to help, love to chat. Anything you've got for us, we're here. 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Start the new year right by taking advantage of Geno's Napa Legend and AAA Premium Battery Sale. Did you know car batteries typically last just three to five years? There is no reason to get stuck with a bad battery when you can stop in at Geno's for a free battery check. And while you're there, you can take advantage of Geno's free multi-point inspection. We'll evaluate your vehicle, looking at your fluid levels, belts, hoses, and filters. Geno's is also having a sale on genuine Napa starters and alternators. We are big believers in catching problems before they start which is why we do our best to make your life easier by offering loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Don't miss a beat this year. Geno's is continuing to service Larry's Automotive customers through Napa Auto Care, warranting any work you may have had done before Larry's closed. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bulls and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. You go to the grocery store to buy ice cream and end up with a dislocated shoulder. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has one goal, to make sure you get the medical care you need without worrying about the cost. Your first reaction when you slip and fall tends to be embarrassment and avoidance. You hustle up to get off the floor, tell everyone you're fine, and go home in a hurry. Then, once the adrenaline wears off, you start to realize that you're not fine after all. You end up in the emergency room needing rotator cuff surgery. Suddenly, you're facing upwards of $50,000 in hospital bills, all because of a shopping trip. KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh, will prove the place of business created a dangerous condition, holding them accountable for your medical expenses so you can focus only on getting the treatment you need. Call today for a free no-obligation consultation, 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. Napa know A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Our number again, 303-477-5600. Wally in Westminster, you're next. Yes, sir. 
Are you there? I'm here. Welcome, sir. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have a, uh, or my sister has a uh, 2011 Chevrolet Impala, and uh, she's, she works pretty full days, so she isn't able to go to a, a regular shop. Okay. But uh, she's been going to a, a oil change, you know, quick ones, you know, and uh, they can't get the light to go off to change it to, you know what I mean? Right. Change oil light. Okay. And uh, uh, so she, I finally talked her into going to Medved out there on uh, I-70 Frontage Road, and they took a car in, and uh, she told them, she said, I only got a couple hours. They did change the oil, but they were going to change the, rotate the tires part of that procedure, you know. And uh, and she said she kept bugging them, she kept bugging them, so they finally forgot the uh, rotation, and then they put it in the shop to find out, because they had already changed the oil. And uh, uh, she had an appointment, a doctor appointment, so she finally had to go get the car from him. She just crying her eyes out, and uh, because the uh, doctor appointment was for her daughter, and uh, you know that's pretty serious. And so, anyway, uh, where where should I go to get that change to find out what the heck is wrong? I know something is wrong, apparently. And and where, what part of town is she in, Wally? Well, Westminster, uh, you know, or really central. You know, she she lives uh, right off of uh, uh, Florida and and Sheridan. Sure. Well, you know what? She's not that far from Arvada West over in Arvada. Just take it over to Arvada West. They can help her out. Is that right? Yeah, it, they'd be happy it, to. It's just some some watchable in there, right? Some just little. Yeah, I mean, setting that, resetting that is not that difficult to do, and whoever's doing the oil change should know how to do that, anyways. But yeah, but they can help yeah. you out. Okay, Arvada West. Arvada West, Arvada West Truck and Auto, over off of Ralston okay. Road. I'm Ralston Road. Okay, thank you. so You're much. very welcome, Wally. Thanks so much for your phone call. I do appreciate it very much. Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred is our phone number. Mike and Littleton, you're next. Yes, you know, uh, regarding the EMP stuff, there's one book that's considered a textbook and it's used by the people military and government it's called one second after oh i've read Bill it Forsen. yeah it's a great book yeah everybody everybody should read that over the years i've always been the guy who was prepared i've always been the neighborhood hardware store right for the, for right. tools for, right for everything else and sure. I've, I've had houses full of guns full of ammo and all this stuff but i'm old enough and my wife has trouble doing stairs so we're downsizing and we're going into an apartment that's a, a real eye-opener because wow. you know what? You can't keep much. No, you, you cannot. cannot that, you, much. you know, that, yeah, that be, that be, that's a yeah. whole other issue all by itself. Yeah, we've all, and, but that's how most people live. That's it is. most people live normally. I mean, you, you, you know, it, it's all, I mean, you just look at what's being built. It's apartments and condos and so on. I mean, we've always had a year's worth of food. You're not going to do always, that in an apartment. Always, I'm going to have that. No. And so when I used to when I used to criticize the people, well, how come they have to run to the store so often? Well, because they were living in apartments; they couldn't keep anything if they tried. Um, and something to think about that. That's true. You know, we to think in terms of our own world. I say I've always had a house full of anything. I could I could hunker down and literally last a year without having to go anywhere. I had a swimming pool 
full of water, right? And a, and, a, and a big water purification right. system that I could have purified water sure. for the neighborhood. Sure. And all of that, all of that going away when we move, and uh, it just you know comes with comes with getting older. I'm in great health. I can do thousands of stairs a day. I do. But she can't. She can't do even one flight of steps. I see. So we have to get into one floor sure. for her. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm crowding in on eighty, and I do at least six miles a day, and, and I do thousands of steps a day, yeah. and I don't have any trouble doing it. Good for you. But, but uh, so I guess I kind of was a prepper in that sense. But where we're going to be, I, I mean, I'm, I've been I've been selling off stuff. I'm just I'm looking at tools. My God, I've got. I've got more tools than, than I even know how to get rid of. How would you go about selling tools, John? Uh, you know, and you I'm can send me a, a direct, you know, a direct email, Mike. You know, just go to you know drive radiocom fill it out, and, and I'd be happy to answer that that back for you. And, and mo- there's multiple ways to do that. I've got several connections of even individuals that you know may be interested in some things. Uh, there are other. In fact, I was going to talk a little bit about that today. There's there's some you know Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and other other ways you can do that. You, in your world, the biggest thing is just being really careful with the individuals that you're meeting and talking with. And it's always better if you could do it with somebody you know, of course. Yeah, what I what I started doing is my next door neighbor. They they tend they're they're half my age or less. They tend to sell buy and sell a lot on Marketplace and eBay. So I told them if they want to start selling some of my stuff, I'll I'll let them keep twenty percent of anything they get. But that's not a bad deal for either one of you, by the way. Yeah, no, that's right. And I've got I've got woodworking tools and and things like that. And, and that's a great way to do it, actually. That and that's you know commendable on your part. It's helping them and you both. Yeah, I've got. And you'll get a higher dollar right. figure doing it that way as well. So that twenty percent probably in the end won't cost you much. Oh, I don't care. I just I just I, I mean I just need to get rid of it all. Sure. <laughs> Sure, and, and I'd rather not. I'd rather get something out of it than nothing. Well, exactly. Otherwise, I mean, they're just going to go to waste. John, I've been buying tools since I was seven years old. You and me if both. I, back then, if I got a quarter, I went and bought a wrench. That's you and me I, both. I, I, everything I got, as soon as I got some money, I was in the hardware store buying a socket. Yep. Or you know, or a wrench or something like right. that. And I still, I've probably lost in my life. I've probably lost three tools. Wow. And I still wonder where they went. Good for you. That's good. <laughs> I'll look forever. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. One second after, I really recommend it's it. A great, it's a great book. No, it really is. In fact, there's a, there's three in that series, Mike. They're all great. I've read them all. I've, I've read them all. Great books. Yeah. yeah but that's that's the one. That's, yep. that's the one that's probably sure most is. relevant. And, and I feel sorry for anybody that's on medication that has to be refrigerated. Agree. Uh, anybody in hospitals, nursing homes, well, we saw this with COVID, and it would be the same thing with EMP. It They're sure will. One and if you have medication, like the main character, his daughter needed insulin, if you remember. And yep. you can't store insulin without refrigeration. It doesn't matter how much you have. Yep. Nope. You You're right. Nope. Well said. Exactly right. The guy, with the, old, the guy with the old Volkswagens, he was the hero of the day because his cars actually would run. Him and the Edsel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Edsel. I forgot about that one. Yeah, him and the Edsel. Yep, yep. Okay. Good Have stuff, good Mike. One. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Lines open, 303-477-5600. Steven in Fort Collins, you're next. Yes, love your show. Thank you, sir. Uh, hey, uh, I'm a Ford man. I buy American all the time. Okay. I'm just cu- curious why there's no Chinese cars on the road. Uh, here in America, you mean? Yes. To my knowledge, I don't believe they will pass our safety and or emission standards either one. That's to my knowledge. I've not done a lot of research and studying that, but I don't believe any of those will pass uh, our emissions or our 
our safety requirements. And then, of course, there's they're not importing any of them because of the exact same reason. I just curious, like the Volkswagens they made in Mexico. Right. They wouldn't. They wouldn't pass. No, and in fact, there's a lot of vehicles outside of our country, and most people don't realize it unless you go to a, a foreign country. But even Mexico, there there's vehicles just south of the border, Stephen, that you know people are able to buy and drive and do things with, and and uh, they are much different than the vehicles that we have here. And and in a lot of ways, they are they're just not one of the same. They're they're not as good looking. They're not as safe. I mean, they get you from A to B. I guess that's all that you know, some of those other countries care about, but they, they do not have the same government regulations that we have on vehicles. Uh, and, and or I, I think it, you know, not only is it a regulation thing, Steve, I, I think it's even more of just, you know, the, the creature comfort and what we in a first world country are willing to spend money on. Other countries are not. Yeah, I saw some pictures of Chinese cars. They were pretty, but I didn't know anything else about them. Hey, they, they, they are, they are a completely a different animal than what we have here. Yeah, well, have a wonderful day. You too, Stephen. Thank you. Very great comment, by the way. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come right back. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. As we roll into the snowiest months of the year, it is important to understand the Colorado Department of Transportation's winter driving requirements and restrictions. According to CDOT, drivers should expect every time they see a chain law required for truckers that the traction law will also be required for passenger vehicles. Under Colorado's traction law, motorists have to have either snow tires, those being tires with the mud or snow designation, or a four-wheel drive vehicle. Tires must also have a minimum of one-eighth of an inch of tread depth. Additionally, the passenger vehicle chain law requires every vehicle on the road when the chain law is in effect to have chains or an alternate traction device. Already this winter, the Colorado State Patrol has been proactively checking for proper equipment during winter driving conditions. When either of these laws are in effect, motorists may be fined more than $130 for not having proper equipment or more than $650 if they block the roadway. So, if you dare to head out to brave the I-70 parking lot, make sure your vehicle is properly equipped and save yourself the cost and the embarrassment of a ticket for blocking the roadway. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Call Novus Auto Glass as soon as you notice a chip or crack in your windshield so they can save you more money. Novus Auto Glass wants to help you save more money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at getting a repair when you act fast. Glass repair is more complicated than you think. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack unfixable. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, though, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. Novus works with all insurance companies, and for those without windshield coverage, Novus will give you a discounted cash price. 
It's simple. Novus Auto Glass saves you more money. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and find the windshield repair expert nearest you. Novus Auto Glass, the inventors of windshield repair. Your home insurance should include the stuff inside your house, too. The personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance, remains one of very few agents who will sit down with you and ask specific, detailed questions, making sure that in a disaster, you will be made financially whole. After a fire, you won't only need a new place to live, you'll also need to replace your gun collection and your jewelry. In those situations, you don't want to work with an agent you found online. You want to talk to someone who knows you, someone who will take the initiative to call and see how you're doing. Even in less disastrous situations, such as accidentally dropping your wedding ring down the sink, the proper coverage with Paul will make you financially whole. Paul Lewinberger can't relieve the emotional loss of a family heirloom, but he will make sure that you can replace your possessions at their full financial value. Call 303-662-0789 for the coverage you expect. Barber's Foods has been feeding Colorado families the highest quality protein since 1949. For over 50 years, the Barber's family raised the last of Colorado-grown turkeys on a turkey farm in Broomfield. And today, the Barber's family distributes high-quality, natural, local, and organic proteins from animals raised on family farms. They personally know all their producers, so whether you're buying beef, bison, pork, or poultry, they know where it's coming from and the family who raises the animals with care and respect. Place your order now at barbersfoods.com or call 303-466-7338. Pick up your order at the Denver Warehouse located at I-70 and Brighton Boulevard near the National Western Center. Or for those in the Denver metro area, Barber's Foods will deliver direct. Colorado Source Bison, Organic Grass-Fed Beef, USDA Prime Beef, Purebred Wagyu, Slow-Raised Non-GMO Duroc Pork, Free-Range Chicken, Non-GMO Turkeys, and more. Barber's Foods, 100% Colorado Native, owned and operated. Barber'sFoods.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Mark in Lakewood, you're next. What's going on, Mark? Hi, guys. Thanks for being there. I appreciate the help. Um, I got a 93 F250. It's got electric windows, and the window will go down pretty pretty rough, but then coming up it won't. And I got the door panel off and wondered how how best to go about removing the... uh, because the motor turns, so I'm not sure if it's the motor, but it just won't catch to raise the window up. You're, you're probably going to need to take that whole regulator slash motor assembly out, get it on the bench, and then look and see exactly what's going on. It could be the regulator itself is has gotten worn out or the motor's not, to your point, strong enough to raise and lower it. But I would get that regulator out on the bench. So the way to do that is got to get the window, of course, in a position to release the, the, the motor and, and the regulator assembly and then, of course, hold that that window up and uh you know there's suction devices now that make that a lot easier than what we used to have to do Uh, back in the day but that's how you do it okay so there's definitely a trick to getting it out uh you know the the holes are are designed in a way where uh, they're just big enough to get all that stuff in and out of there mark because they they do you know that's what those holes in that that door are for is to get that componentry in and out of it that's what they're there for right so 
so is it a matter of rolling the window down or getting it down to a certain point to pop the regulator? And typically, it's the, about halfway is what you is what you typically do on that to get them in and out of there. It's not all the okay. you go all the way down. You can't work on it, of course. So it's usually about a halfway right. deal. Okay. Cool. Well, I'll give that a give that a try. And uh, yeah, it doesn't look like that stuff will go in and out of those holes, but believe it or not, it actually does. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and the way yeah, you do that is, you know, the way you do that is you get it off of the, the you know you get it off the track of the window itself, and then once it's all unbolted from the the door itself, uh, it it actually comes out more easily than you think. You know, you put one arm through, and then the motor, and then the other arm comes out. You just kind of snake it through, is what you do. Okay. All right. Yeah, I didn't see any bolts on the outside of it once I pulled the plastic off. I'm like, hmm, there's got to be a... No, it's all inside. You know, you have to use some, some. you know, you, you get get your arms wrapped in there, and, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. But getting a good, you know, usually what you do is you take one of the, the you know, like a flashlight that's got the beams on the end of it that shines up inside, lay that down inside the door where you can see up inside there better and... That's typically how we, you know, how we would do those and just, you know, okay. take it apart accordingly. It, it, you know, it, you, you find it's not as it's not as difficult as most people think. It's just one of those, even for technicians, it's just a time-consuming thing because you've really got to be kind of a contortionist to get all of your, you know, your hands and fingers and everything in the right place to make all that happen. And there are some special tools in some cases that help with that as well. So a good assortment of, of tools really does work also. Okay. No, I, that's... That's greatly appreciated. That'll give me a, a good start on it, and we'll go from there. Yep, and those parts, have, as far as I know, last time I checked, you can still buy the majority of those. Uh, and I believe Napa has a majority of those things, you know, through right. Dorman and places like that. So you can still buy all the pieces for them. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was another question where to get these. Yep, I, I started with Napa. They should they should be able to source most of those for you. Okay. Great. Well, I'd like to say I appreciate you guys nope. being there. And You're very welcome. Mark, thank you. I appreciate it very much. All right, lines are open, 303-477-5600. Anything you want to uh, chat about, be free. You know, be sure to call us. We'll get you right on air. Again, question of the day is if you had to bug out, you know, leave town, do whatever, you had another place that you wanted to go to, uh, you felt more safe in, if, you know, the, the Armageddon, if you would, hit, what would be the vehicle of choice that you would want to be in? 303 477 5,600. And the list is long. And we talked earlier, and I appreciate all of you calling in on the EMP side of the fence, because that, that is a big factor that folks, I think, tend to forget about. You know, we go about living our daily lives, and yet there's all these things going on, you know, outside. And, you know, Larry reminded me during one of the breaks that there were some things back in the day where the Russians were using microwaves to attack the U.S. embassy. And uh, I think a lot of folks uh, back then even thought some of those embassy workers were crazy, that, you know, they were feeling ill because of you know, who knows what, and, you know, maybe it was more of a mental thing than it was actually a physical thing, but they have proven over time that, no, in fact, that was a very real scenario, and the Russians were actually doing that, and a lot of people were were becoming very ill inside of the embassy because of that. So, folks, don't think for one second that that we live in any kind of a world where, you know, there is total peace, because the reality is we don't. And, And I think if most people knew what all went on outside of even our country and the attacks that are probably being formed and coming on a regular basis, most of you would probably be scared enough that you would never leave your house. At least not most of you as listeners, but most people would probably never leave their house. I mean, most people just really don't have a clue what goes on in that particular arena. I I think, again, COVID, I think, proved a lot of that and also proved how vulnerable that you know, we are not only as a country, but, you know, even on the manufacturing and that end of things, you know, one little disruption uh, can can upset everything. I was noticing 
uh, these last you know these last few months. You can talk to Purify Chevrolet about this. The inventory levels on most car lots, as far as the new side goes, uh, you can really tell the vehicles that actually sell well and the ones that don't sell so well because the ones that sell well, there's not much inventory of particular vehicles on a lot of lots. And what I mean by that is go look at some of the Toyota lots, go look at some Lexus lots, go look at some Chevrolet lots, and you'll find that there are not a lot of vehicles on a lot of lots today. And the reason for that is when COVID hit and shut down a lot of things, it wasn't just the the car companies and the manufacturing lines that shut down that created a lot of those shortages. Keep in mind that there are just-in-time delivery from the majority of vendors that are supplying those manufacturers with parts to build the car. And, again, it's a great example. We talk about it on Drive Radio all the time. The average manufacturer of a car, frankly, shouldn't be called a manufacturer. They're assemblers is what they are. They're really not manufacturers. Most automobile manufacturers may make engine components, engine itself. They are going to do the sheet metal and typically the frame of the vehicle. But outside of that, the majority of that vehicle is being built by vendors. So everything from interior to suspension to driveline to wheels and tires and brakes and rotors and wiring harnesses and computers and injectors and on down the line we go. All of those other components on the vehicle are not being made by the manufacturer. They're literally being being made by everybody else that has a, a request for proposal, an RFP, if it meets what the manufacturer is looking for correctly, then they get the bid and they become the main supplier for that manufacturer. Well, if that particular vendor has any kind of a disruption, whether that be in shipping, whether it be in the manufacturing of the part at all, and keep in mind, folks, just a small fastener on a vehicle could be enough to keep that vehicle from being made in a timely manner. So there's there's you know hundreds of thousands of parts that are coming into a a manufacturing or an assembly line uh, building, if you would, and we call it just-in-time delivery. In fact, just a real tidbit of, of maybe useless information that most of you may not know. We all now go to the restaurants because of this COVID situation we're in, and the majority of restaurants aren't giving you paper menus. If they are, it's a cheesy little paper menu they throw away after you're done. Most restaurants are using QR codes on the table, or they... They hand you a QR code that you scan with your phone, and the menu is then on some sort of a website of that particular restaurant. Most people don't know this, but the QR codes came from the automotive world. QR codes actually were invented by, nonetheless, Toyota. Toyota was the inventor of QR codes, and that QR code was meant for the assembly line on Toyota Cars. That's what they used to track all the different parts, where they were at, how it was being fed into the, into the line, and so on. So every time you see a QR code, thank the automotive industry, because without the automotive industry, you most likely would not have QR codes today. That's the history of the QR code. So, you know, we've learned a lot of things during COVID. Where are we going to go with COVID? Where does it go from here? You know, I don't know. All I know is I think it was a great uh, reminder that we in America or even worldwide are very dependent upon those particular things that come out of not only the manufacturing sector but the food sector and so on. And I think we realized how just just how vulnerable we really are when it comes to a lot of those areas. So uh, Bill in Westminster has a couple of uh, questions as well. We'll take a break right after that. Bill, welcome. How are you? Hey, just commenting on. Uh, thanks for taking my call again today. Sure. Uh, 
just-in-time parts. I don't know if you saw here lately about Ford trucks, Ford F-150s. Yes. Over in the Kansas yes. City plant, they got thousands of Ford f one Uncompleted. Are completed, but they can't sell them because they have no seat belts. That's right. They're un- they're 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 a completed vehicle without you know little parts here and there. To your point, that, that really they're not complete vehicles because they can't sell them safety wise. Yeah, they don't have the seat belts in yet, and they're setting up portable tents. As when the seat belts come in, they're driving them into these portable tents and setting them up, putting seat belts in. No, great great point, Bill. Yeah, no, I, I had read that and forgot. I was just talking about that a moment ago and forgot all about that. Yeah, there, there's literally thousands of those things sitting out there, and they can't get them out to the dealers yet. Yeah. One other quick question. I forgot to t- ask this more um, earlier. What's the latest about your Corvette? Oh, it's in. It's sitting out on Purefoy Chevrolet's uh, showroom. I left it there so folks can go by and see it. But, yeah, no, it's there. Folks can go by, check it out. I've not, not driven it yet. It's still sitting on the showroom floor. Oh, good, good. Okay, good show, guys. It's out thanks. there. No, Bill, thanks. I appreciate the phone call. David and Broomfield will come right back to you. Don't go anywhere. At the top of the hour at noon, I will talk about a really great vehicle I'm driving at the moment. Dennis reminded me a moment ago uh, to talk about that before the day is out, and I will. So I've got a really great vehicle I'm driving this week. I'll talk about that at the top of the hour. But, David, hang tight. We'll come right back. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio. Hi, I'm Raleigh Purefoy. You know, being in business for six decades in any business is a tough thing to do, especially in today's highly complex and competitive world. As a small business, we certainly have experienced many trying times when there was no clear answer or path to take for survival. The COVID-19 virus for all of us has been the ultimate business disruptor, but once again, we've managed to keep on keeping on, and we are there to serve our many tried and true customers that have depended on us to always be there. We aren't and never will be a big high-flying dealership, but one with honesty and integrity and a culture of doing things right. We appreciate all our customers, many of which have come long distances to do business with us. We are proud of who we are and what we do. Purefoy proud. We certainly need and would appreciate a chance to earn your business, whether it would be for parts or service or if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle. We'd love to be your Chevy dealer. Find us today at PurefoyChevrolet.com and find new roads. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. 
Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it very much. David in Broomfield, you are next. Hey, John. First of all, thanks for your shows. Thank you. And uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate all you guys do. I, um, so my first one was um, talking about a bug-out vehicle. My, my best one that I've had, I had a 67 International Scout, flathead, four-cylinder, oil yep. bath, air cleaner. You could fix anything on that thing True. with a crescent wrench and a pair of vice grips. True. Oh, uh, great, great point. Not, I mean, not the most comfortable vehicle, but, yeah, it'll go from A no. to B. It'll go from A to B. It won't. It probably won't go the highway speed limits and that kind of thing. But don't have it anymore. My, my next question was because I'm a little ignorant on the on the thing. What, um, what what is the criteria? Is it electronic ignition that that was the big change that would make the difference? Yeah, I mean, anything with any kind of an electronic chip in it that's driving, you know, what's going on with the vehicle. And I mean, I, I think even folks would have to be careful of even the old GM HEI vehicles. So you know, they started doing that in '73. So 73 and newer with an HEI, I mean, I think if you had a spare module, you know, locked in a Faraday box or, you know, safe, you know, where it's, where it's you know, out of the the uh, the elements where, you know, an EMP is not going to affect it, you could put a new module in it and probably be okay and off you off you go. But any of these other late model vehicles, and there, and again, there's a lot of debate inside of the, the, the EMP world, I guess you could say, on what vehicles would survive and what wouldn't. They could supposedly have done some tests on vehicles to, to see, you know, how shielded things are, but... Again, I, I am not an expert in that area. I knowing how many, uh, how much electronics I should say are on a lot of modern vehicles today, David. I, I think you're going to have a lot of scrap metal sitting around if an EMP really did hit. <laughs> yeah, let me put you on the spot. I didn't listen to the show early on. What what would what would a good suggestion from you be? My mine would be a early diesel that has a mechanical pump. You know, not relying on anything. And there's lots of vehicles that fit this description, by the way. But, but any, anything that's an earlier diesel with a mechanical fuel pump where you're not having to worry about anything electronic and those mechanical fuel pumps are pretty foolproof. They'll run biodiesel. I mean, darn near put anything you want inside of it and, and it'll burn it and run. And, and that, to me, would be the vehicle to own in a situation like that because you'd always be able to pretty much, you know, fuel it. I mean, you could find and refine even, you know, as time went by. You, you, you know, you, you've even got cooking oils and things like that that you could refine down enough to throw in it and burn it if you had to. Yeah, I've even heard that some of the earlier diesels that literally you just filter it. I, I had a guy, I used to, and it's a long story, but I, I deep fry turkeys every 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 year sure. Thanksgiving, so I would save up that oil. Sure. I put an ad on Craigslist and just give it away, and right. I had a guy come pick it up one time, and he said that the earlier Dodges, he says, uh, the, Do- the Cummins turbo diesel, right. he said if you, if you just filtered it down to, he gave me a number, I can't remember, five microns or whatever it It'll was. It'll burn it. He could just he could just burn it. He didn't sure. have to put it through a chemical process. The power stroke you had to. Well, but, and because really, th- if you think about it, that oil that you've got for the most part has already been refined. I mean, it's, that's just not crude oil. So there's been some refining right. that's already happened on that vegetable oil and the things that are there as well. So yeah, I, yeah. I think he's. I've never tried that, but I would be hard pressed to believe that that wouldn't work. 
Yeah. Can, can you give me an example of the, a diesel like you were talking about? You're talking about like an early GMC or a well. There's not your... too many GMC diesels that would work because most of the six fives were still electronic driven, you know, pumps and so on. You'd have to get into some of the right. early Navistar. You know, Scouts had some diesel engines back then that would have worked. To your point back there on the on the Scout, uh, Dodge. Yeah. You know, you have to go back to the old twelve valve Dodges. You know, to to do that as well. Uh, so there's the problem is there's not a ton of those trucks left that are still on the road that are in good enough condition to even do what we're talking about with. That's the other problem you run into is they you know getting old enough now that they're all, you know, darn near gone. There's not many left. Yeah, they're vintage. Okay. I mean, you know, we're talking you know early you know late '80s, early '90s because they started doing the electronics in the late '90s. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, you know, it, 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 you know, it it's becoming a smaller market. And and by the way, just as a as a you know point of reference, those vehicles are becoming more and more valuable. I think because of what we're talking about, you know, the people that do want them recognize that, and the value of those is going up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, back in the day, I had a I had a '59 Chevy with a '283 factory four wheel drive. By the way. And gosh, that would have been the perfect. That would have been fine. Now, yeah, and, and you know, and a gas yeah. engine vehicle works great too. The problem with a gas engine vehicle, even if it still ran, you know, you say it's got points or something in it. You know, my old '72 GMC truck with points. I mean, yeah, that truck will go from A to B. Problem is, you're only going to have gasoline around for X amount of time if an EMP hits, because all the refining capabilities and all that goes, you know, goes down. Yeah. You know, how quickly will that come back up and come online? You know, could you start refilling? You know, uh, you know the fuel uh, uh, infrastructure that we've got in this country right. quickly. I, you know, that's a question that I you know, keep in mind. There's a lot of things that have to feed into the refinery to even yeah. make that oil into, you know, turn that oil into gas. I think that's the thing that people forget. Even if the refinery has enough of its own generation capabilities to get back online quickly, okay, so where's the Where's the crude oil come from? How, you know, how do you get the oil to them to even refine? And you know, the pipelines that are all run with pumps and are all run with electronics and on down the. Right. I mean, I think folks really forget, David, how many things we rely on in this country that are computer controlled. Yeah, John, you're a few years younger than me. Who thought we'd ever have to have these conversations? Oh man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, we were worried about the Russians invading, you know, either coast, and we were taught, you know, how to get underneath our desk for nuclear oh, blasts yeah. and things like that. Nobody yeah. was talking about EMPs, and wow, has it changed? Yeah, John, I went to elementary school in Boulder, and we used to have we had same thing. We would crawl under the desk, uh, put your hands behind your head, and it yep. was all that was the uh, air raid drill. Yep. Yeah, and yep. I think you know what's happened, David, is I think even other countries have realized that you know knowing where we are and how dependent as a country we are on things, they they don't have to drop any kind of a nuclear bomb and destroy the country, which they, by the way, would want. Uh, they drop yeah. some EMPs and we destroy ourselves. Yeah, I just I just read an article the other day, not to get out too far off the subject, but the uh, Chinese are are have uh, started buying uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, yes, I, I've read that same thing. You are correct. Yes. And that they're probably putting uh, military bases and capabilities there, right next Yeah, I mean, they're just right off the coast, if you think about it that way. Yeah, and yeah. we're probably helping them do it. Uh, we so. probably are. Well, we are because that we owe them debt. We write them a check every every month for the uh, debt that they have on us. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's All right, another you. conversation. Thanks, David. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Brad and Bertha, you're next. Hey, uh, John, Brad. So I've got a 1976 uh, basket case project I'm working on. Okay. And I want to get uh, the collector plates, and I'll have to get an emissions. One uh, time you will, yes. Inspection. Yeah. So I'm trying to bring this thing up 
and it's a basket case. I don't have all the parts. I don't think the engine's original. Okay. So I've been to the wrecking yard and got an intake manifold and uh, the basics that I've talked to the tech and, you know, he said, you're going to need EGR and whatever else. He said, find a, uh, uh, see if you can find a, a, a vacuum diagram. And that'll kind of tell you. And I did find one and there's uh, EGR and then there's a valve on what I used to call the heat riser valve that used to be spring loaded. Now it's vacuum operated. I don't know that the heat riser, uh, that was really more of the cold, you know, get the engine warmed up, end of things. I don't know if that was so much a requirement for the emission side of it, Brad. I don't think that would be a requirement. I don't think you have to worry about that is my point. Oh, we lost. Sounds like we lost. Brad, if, you, if you're hearing me still, give me a call back. We, we'll take your call top of the hour, 303-477-5600. Yeah, Charlie said an EMP just hit. No, because we're still on air, so. But it is snowing out down here at the studio, so for those of you out roaming around, we've got some snow down south here. So uh, we're getting close to the top of the hour, 303-477-5600. Brad, are you back with us, sir? I am, man. I, all of a sudden, I was talking to dead air. So yeah, you know, EMP must have hit. I don't, I don't know, Brad. Anyways, no. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think – was, what I was saying is I don't the, – the heat riser part of that I don't think is part of the emissions, uh, you know, passing the emissions side, so that's something I wouldn't worry about. Okay, great. Then I won't. The rest uh, of it, though, yeah, I mean, I mean, if it came, you know, unfortunately, if it's a 76 and it had an air pump and it had a cat and it had whatever, that, that yes, that will have to be there to pass emissions. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what, 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 it, what vehicle is it, Brad, by the way? 76 what? Yeah. Well, it's a CJ5. Oh, okay. And, uh, it's got a, but it's got a Chevy engine in it. And it's, so it's different, right? And so, yes. Uh, and I can't tell what year the engine I've. I gave the 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 engine that is it. I'm I'm pretty sure was a Target Master straight motor. Probably the good range motor was so was a big the, one back in those days. So yeah, could be. Yeah. A lot of so them were done that way. That was actually a really good engine swap in the day. They were you know 210, 220 horsepower, which in a you know Toyota Land Cruiser or a Jeep yeah. worked well. Okay. Yeah, it was very common. Okay. I, I did a lot of those back in the day. Yeah. So if you need help on that, let me know. I, I did a lot of those swaps back then and. You know, sort of, uh, I, I mean, I'd have to go back in my memory bank, but did a ton of those back in the day. So those, those, that's a pretty good vehicle. But, yeah, it'll have to have two things you can do on that. Either if it's still got carburation, it'll have to have all the same things that a 76 Jeep had to pass emissions. Or you can fuel inject that and get a variance from the state. It's really not that difficult to do. But if you can prove it's cleaner, put fuel injection on it, you can get a variance and then not have to put all that stuff on. How expensive is all that? Though? It's not bad. It's just a matter of making an appointment down at the at the main center and getting them to to look at it. And they'll tell you on the front side what you have to do if you're going to go that direction, which I would do, Brad. Find out what they tell you and head that direction and not mess with all that other stuff. Okay. Well, he did talk to me about that. He said, "Hey, if you put this on," he says, "I I, I check those off every day." You know. He says, right. Uh, but I didn't know how complicated that fuel injection system or how. They're not. They're a Howl unit on that on that Chev would work fine. They're they're not that expensive and would work well. To be a great way to go. Okay, where do I find those to buy? You know what? Hang tight, Brad. I'll come back. I got to take a quick break. Uh, give me one second. Sure. I'll come back. I'll answer that as soon as we come back. We'll be right back. Hour number three is right after the top of the hour news. Stay tuned. We'll be back. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Still haven't had enough. Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, 
Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.